Welcome to Straight Out of Savannah, Talking with Tammy, a podcast that showcases people you may not know who are choosing to use their gifts to inspire and move the planet. Thank you so much for joining us on Straight Out of Savannah. I am so excited. My guest Suzanne Kohlberg is here with me all the way from Australia. I'm so excited to speak to her and I'm grateful because she got up early in the morning <laughs> to speak to me and that is amazing. I absolutely love that. So I'm going to allow Suzanne to come on and introduce herself and tell you what it is that she does in the world and how she can help you. So Suzanne, take it away. Thank you so much for having me, Tammy. I'm yeah. from Sydney. So Sydney, Australia, it's the future. It's the following day. Just letting everybody know the future's looking good. <laughs> Joke never gets old. I am the Nope coach and I help folks say no. I was going to say without feeling like a bitch or if, you know, salty language isn't your thing, without feeling mean. And mm -hmm. so many of us, we say yes to everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, we're mom's taxi or we're the cook, the cleaner, the grocery person. And then we're like, I'm taking a day off. And then we wonder why we're still so tired. And we don't take a day off. We simply change roles from working to cleaning and cooking and paying bills. And like, I think true rest, we were talking before we hit record about how I almost always have a daily nap, like reclaiming that time for you that self first isn't selfish. And what actually is true self-care is something that I'm really passionate about helping people to rediscover because we know it as children and somewhere along the lines, we, we, we lose that and become all about, you know, working for the man and getting things done and productivity is power. And it's like, yes, that's exhausting. Yes, it really is. It's, it's, it really is. Okay. So let's talk about your journey and how you got there. Because <laughs> as we talked before, I know that you're multi-hyphenate like I am, <laughs> like different things, you know, like to have different experiences. But let's talk about that journey because I think that'll help some people, you know, because people feel guilty a lot of times when they when they're not. Um, what's that word you use for your husband? Where they're not the, the the jackhammer who goes really deep. So, like, I have done all the things like when people are like I've done all the things I'm like yo I got you so originally I, I was going to be a doctor so I mm -hmm. did five years of bachelor of medicine bachelor of surgery in Australia it's a six-year degree I left in my fifth year so there can be a lot of guilt about that like you know all these fees that I've spent you know in university all this time that I've wasted and it's kind of like nothing in life is ever wasted the skills I learned like if you need something found on Google, I'm your girl. Like I'm a researching master. <laughs> and, and the thing is you can waste time. You can look at it as a waste of time, or I can look at it as an investment of five years to know that that wasn't what I wanted to do. How many people yes. would have stayed the extra year and then made a career out of something, gone the jackhammer path and always felt unsatisfied and dissatisfied. So <laughs> It's like, I'm feeling personally called out here. But, you know, in anything in life, I invested five years and however many thousands of dollars to realize, hey, this isn't for me. So then I left that, became a personal trainer because I've had a tumultuous weight journey, which is a whole other story. 
Um, I was really, really large. I lost a lot of weight by hiring a personal trainer. I was like, exercise is the answer. Uh, did that for a while, <laughs> regained all the weight. Exercise was not the answer. Um, and then I was like, yeah, okay, maybe I'll be a teacher. <laughs> so I did a diploma of education on top of my previous degree. I did that for exactly six months. And then I was like, teaching is not for me. Like teaching people who don't want to learn. It's funny how much of coaching teaching, mentoring, healing all end up in, in the same, but people come yep. to me who are hungry for change and are really to invest in themselves versus kids who most of the time just don't want to be there. Like, you know, I remember <laughs> that. So I did six months of that and I was like, you know, this isn't for me. Then I uh, went and got a government job. So I had the, the call center spread, like where your butt becomes as big as the chair <laughs> because you just sit in the chair all day, like no judgment. I gained a lot of weight in that role. Um, cause I was very miserable. And then I was like, yeah, yes. this isn't for me. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're like, you have done so many things in your life and you're ever guilting, blaming, beating yourself up. It's like, I've had an abundance of attempts and found all the things that I don't want to do. So, you know, some people are lucky to hit gold. Like my husband's been an engineer for wow, 20, 30, 20, I don't know, a lot of, t- a lot of years now. And he's just like struck gold, whereas I've flitted around trying lots of different things. And yeah. Um, yeah, then I had kids, went back to my government job between my kids. And then when I had two, because um, I live interstate from my family and I worked an hour away, my husband was flying in, fly out, getting to in and out of childcare and, and, and all that sort of stuff. It just became ridiculous. I was like working for not, by the time I paid for childcare and everything, not a lot. So yeah. I know some people do choose to make that investment. And then once the kids are older and whatever, and I was like, yeah, no, this sucks. Um, so I became an executive assistant. So I like customer service people do not ask me to handle your tech. It's not my, it's not my jam, but I did that for a while until I was unexpectedly fired. That's a whole story for another day. <laughs> Um, and then I became a coach and that's been five years. So this is like the longest thing that I've stuck at. So, you know, as recording this, I'm a coach, um, also a healer. I've done, um, some energy Reiki, like I'm a lifelong learner basically. And I take what I learn and embody that and then, and share it with others. So I've written a book, I run a coaching program. And what I love most about my life is in this role I don't think I ever would have succeeded in medicine or teaching because it was very restrictive. Whereas now I work for myself, like next week, my children have an end of year award ceremony. We're allowed to attend. This is the first thing Australia has been really strict with attendance things since COVID. Mm -hmm. And I messaged my group. I was like, kids assemblies on rescheduling it. And I felt no shame or shade because I've been very upfront in all my stuff that my kids come first. And I have Mm -hmm. that flexibility to be able to go. And yesterday my daughter had a swimming carnival and I went to that. And to be able to go to these things is something that I always craved as a child and something that, you know, I build my business around. And my children are very much involved in my business. I know some people don't have them. They, as in, they don't involve them because of security or, or whatever. And I respect that. But um, my kids are often in my lives, uh, often in my newsletters, very much involved. They have their fans. They sign the books and send them out. And um, I feel <laughs> like it's a, because the thing is, I think often we, we, we divvy our life up into compartmentalize. This is yes, my job. Yes, this is yes. my relationship. This is my mm-hmm. family. And then yes. we're trying to juggle all of these things. Mm-hmm. And that's just exhausting. So yeah. I have like boundaries and quality and quantity time and times I invest in different things. But yeah, I'm 
I very much include my family. <laughs> Reluctantly, my husband, but my kids kids take front and centre stage um, in all that I do. How many kids do you have? Two. Boy, girl? I've got Xanthi. She's a girl. I have to say that because the names are unusual. She's nine. And Casimir is my boy and he's seven. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I, I love that. That's how my kids were apart, like 19 months. Oh yeah, mine are just under two years, like twenty three months, and oh mm-hmm. my gosh, it's a it, <laughs> it has yeah, it moments. was challenging when they were young, but as they get older, it's much better, and especially if they're they get along. Yes, well, yeah. they're either best of friends or worst of enemies. They're in that phase, but also if someone else comes in, how they would defend each other, it's so funny. It's like you're against each other, but someone else <laughs> says something. No, that's my brother. Yep, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's exactly. So that's exactly how mine are. Mine are like that too. And now they're all they're all grown, but they they live in the same area. <laughs> so they, you know, they live. They all live in Texas, you know, and they live in the same area. So they actually do like holidays together and celebrate the birthdays and things like that, like we would do as a family. But we live in the Northwest, so they're like you know far away. But they're together, you know. And I, I laugh so because because cool. my son was saying. <laughs> He was going to move to Oregon because he wants to go to the Oregon coast. And it's so beautiful there. And my daughter, she was like, well, I don't know what we're going to do. She goes, um, my boyfriend, which they've been together five, six, seven years. I don't even know how long, way too long, I think. <laughs> but they've been together all this long time. And I said, well, what y'all going to do? She said, well, I don't know, but Tony wants to move someplace cooler. And I just laughed. I said, yeah, they're going to end up in Oregon <laughs> with, the, with the other ones. <laughs> That's so funny. But they did. They they just they got along so well. And, you know, I wouldn't let them fight when they were growing up. I just refused. You know, when they start fighting, girl, I would make them grab each other and hug and kiss. And 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 at the time we were going, we were deep in church. So they, I would make them lay hands and pray for each other. Yes. <laughs> so they so they, they grew up close and they're still thick as thieves, you know, because oh, they love still that so much. You know, they hid stuff from me. Like even oh, now yes. I'm finding about stuff that you know, they were like, mommy, remember when we told you so-and-so? <laughs> well, when we they, lied. <laughs> <laughs> and they did it so cohesively, you know, both of them together. But yeah, so I, I just, I believe that. I'm like, if they, if you raise them like that and you allow them to grow up close and then you also give them the latitude and the room to be who they are and not try to, you know, make them into little yous or little your husbands or, you know, Yes, I, I think, and also to recognizing children as their own people, yes. my own individuals. Like just because one has an interest in this, the other might not have a bar of it. Right. Um, and it's yeah, it's it certainly has its ups and downs. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but the journey is amazing. Like I tell people, I'm like enjoy them, especially that ages yours are. I love those ages. Those were great because they were so sweet and <laughs> and they listened, you know, they were sponges and all that. And then they came to um, puberty. Yes. Yes. That's just around the corner. So yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it gets earlier and earlier for some reason. <laughs> I'm like, I told my daughter one day, I said, you know, when you turned about 12, 13, I, I just didn't know who you were. <laughs> I couldn't figure out you know, I was like, you, you're not the child that I raised, you know? Yeah. The body snatchers came in and just snatched them up. Get <laughs> a changeling, like the fairies came and dropped yeah, the changeling you know. and then, you know, <laughs> brought them back. It's like, here you go. Yeah. I was like, God, I don't, I don't know who you are, but you better come back. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh my God. Well, yeah. So 
I just know that. How did you get to actually drilling down on the nope? That's my question. That's because- been very, very recent. So basically, I alluded briefly to my weight journey of up and down, up and down, up and down. And I was obsessed, absolutely obsessed with before and after stories. I would like read them the way I used to eat chocolate, like consume. <laughs> And then I was like, why is it's there like never a story? like keep watching the 600-pound life thing. <laughs> why is there never a story like mine? Why is it always before my life is terrible and after my life is amazing? It's like a Disney princess. Like that's all there ever is. And then I reached the point, I was like, maybe you're supposed to write it. Like, you know, maybe you can't find the book that you want to read because you're supposed to write it. So I, um, I started coaching on weight mindset so I never told people how to eat or exercise like we all know what to do we just don't do it it's like but why are we eating when we're not hungry what are we really hungry for what is the weight what are we putting because so many of us put our lives on hold until I've lost weight until I've met the man until I've bought the house and then we do the thing and we're like living but also when you do get there, you're like, I'm not magically confident, happy or whatever. I'm still me. Just physically take up less space. This is the world's biggest disappointment. Where are the chips? <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, this it's is like what I, I think. I took the red pill. I took the red pill. And I'm not happy. I want to go back into the matrix because at least then things tasted nice. Like I, I that's the, the movie. He's like, you know, eating that slop. And he's like, I want to eat like a roast. Yeah. Anyway. So I started. I need coaching. a steak. Yes. Which I kind of need one of those. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that too. It's like I want a steak. Um, and so early in the morning, but anyway, randomly. Um, hey, steak and eggs is good. I was saying to my daughter, we're watching Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> we're talking about before we hit record, and one of them, she's like, "Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey." So I did that to her this morning, and she's like, "Are we having bacon and eggs for breakfast?" I was like, "No, I was just doing the line from the movie." She's like, "Oh, how disappointing." <laughs> um. So yeah, I started coaching. Did that for four years, so um, weight mindset coaching. But what I found was, and and for myself and for my clients, when we stop overeating, Mm -hmm. we often don't address the root cause of it. We push it to something else. So we start overworking or over-exercising or over-Netflixing or over-scrolling or we we, we are pushing that behavior to somewhere else. So it's not like we stop it or shift it. We just move it. We just move it. So Mm -hmm. like for me and for my work, over-consuming, I believe for many of us, is a result of over-giving. So we are unable to say no to others. And so we have the things, like we've joined the gym, but we never attend. We've bought the (laughs) vegetables, but they're wilting in the fridge while we buy a cheap and cheerful because it's just so much easier. And or your treadmill stems. is sitting up instead of laying. Yeah, or it's become an expensive clothes horse. Like it's winter over there now. I'm sure you're like just, you know, just hanging out. It'll dry here. Like, <laughs> so it's this inability to say no so that you can say yes to yourself and mm. put yourself first to become a priority. And that is where my work has shifted because that's what I really help people do. And that's what I'm really passionate about. It's like, no, I can't do this either no full stop because I'm not interested like you and I talking before about people sliding into your dms and whatever like it's like no or it's like if someone's like could you do this like this morning my daughter wanted to do something I was like not right now I have a podcast interview after school 
but you know so many people they cancel things or they say oh like you know if someone's legitimately sick or injured 100 like if my kids are bleeding podcast has got to go right, right. <laughs> but if it's just like well you know i need to, to like my my daughter has anxiety and we, we're managing that and what i found was happening was immediately after school she doesn't want to talk about it and i i respect that but then after she's had a bit of unwind time, like that's the best time for me just before dinner, like let's unpack this. But what mm-hmm. she was doing is she was holding it and then we'd have dinner and then she wasn't being able to go to sleep. So then she'd be like, mommy, can we talk at like late at night? So then once I talk that through with her and get her to bed, then I'm up because I, you know, you've got to unwind after that. I can't then go straight to sleep. So setting the boundary, like with my own child, which was challenging because I love and care for her deeply, right, right. but also this is not working for me. If you're, if we're staying up till 10 at night, unpacking what you have going on, and then I need an hour or two to unwind, I'm not going to bed till midnight. And then this is shifting everything. So like setting a boundary and saying, this is when I'm available. And if you, you know, like obviously after school, she doesn't want to do it then I get that. But like before dinner or after dinner here, and if you leave it to later, then it's got to wait till tomorrow because we tend to just put ourselves last and be at the mercy of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And obviously if there's a true emergency or something, that's a totally different story. Exactly. But, you know, we need to safeguard our own boundaries and when we're in best service rather than, and the same when you're new in business, when you're a new mm-hmm. coach, you just tend to say yes. Oh, you want to coach here? Sure. And you say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, why am I tired and never getting my own content or, or whatever? Um, it's because you're like, so these are my available hours. If you can't fit into them, then I'm not the coach for you the scarcity would be like, oh, no one's ever going to hire me, freak out. But the abundance is like there's always more people because when we put ourselves out, then we never actually, you know, we never get to be the true coach or healer because we're not walking the talk. Right. And and super drained. Yes. Because that's the next part. It's like, you know, like one time I did a lot of free, what do they call them, consultation calls or whatever. Oh yes, like discovery calls or yeah, yes, whatever. yeah. And those are, you know, they're good if they can result in something later, even if it's not that person. But you know, if it opens up abundance for you. But if if it's just you're giving away the coaching call, I mean the the calls, it's like shit. You start feeling drained. You're like, okay, so I need somebody to pay me now. No, yeah. yes, I it's know. It's also I, working I to finding that. what works for you because some people that is such a great strategy. They, mm-hmm. it works really well. They enjoy it. It fills their cup. They feel lit up and enlivened. And then afterwards right, right. they can go and create all this content. So if that is in your pleasure, go for it. But right. I'm very similar. I'm like, it just drains me. And I feel like the seagulls have come and taken all the chips. <laughs> and then I'm an empty bucket. And then so you want to eat. And then I want to eat. So yeah, I'd get off a call. If I ever get off a call with someone and then I'm going to slam a block of chocolate or something, it's not their fault. It's my, it's, you know, my, how I manage me is always my responsibility. But mm-hmm. it's a sign of, have I given too much here? Or, right. or was there some sort of expectation? So finding the ways that you provide value that are in service to you and not because someone's told you, this is how you build a business. Yep. And that, oh my God, that, when my business besties and I were talking about that, we actually, we met, um, we were doing a Reiki class together and not, it was wild too, because we were, it was all online. So, you know, I've never met her in person, but we, you know, we connected. And so we were just talking about that. We were like, you know, 
all these people out here, you know, wanting all this stuff. And you're like, but I'm trying to build, you know, I, I don't got $10,000 to give you. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I can't do it. So we were talking, we were like, you know, she was like, you know what I did? She goes, I, I started just really doing research and started really studying. And I said, well, you know what I did? I went to the library. <laughs> I got some books. I said, because you know that everything you need to know is either on the internet or in a book or both. Exactly. So I was like, mm, you just need to take some time. So I told her, I said, you know what it is? I said, we just have to take some time because you know how you work with somebody and you're like, oh, you know, this is, this is going to help me, you know, move the needle. This is going to help me, you know, blow my business up and expand and blah, blah, blah. And you work with them and then you realize, nope, that's not going to do it. What it's I have to do is I have inside out to... job. I think sometimes like the, the full archetype or the, you know, we get suckered in to make 10 Ks in 10 days, or, you know, <laughs> here's the formula, the secret, the blueprint to success. Yes. And it's like, it no. might be their blueprint to success, right? but it's not necessarily transferable. And I think it's the same back into diet mentality and weight loss. I think the biggest thing for anybody, for everything you've tried, there is somebody who had success with that. Yeah. Weight loss, business, it's all the same. And then we get down on ourselves going, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And it's like their blueprint is not your blueprint. Like, yeah. And when I coach people, I don't ever give them a handout, a worksheet, a success formula. It irritates a lot of people in the beginning. And it's like, but that's me telling you what to do. If I told you what I did to release 171 pounds and you did exactly the same thing and you don't release the weight, then you're going to say there's something wrong with you. And it's like, no, mm -hmm. you have different hormones, different genetics, different amounts of sleep, different, yeah. you know, metabolism, different different, you know, all these things. And then mm -hmm. you're like, I'm forcing myself to do it this way. And the way you get there is the way you maintain it. So if you're miserable, depriving, forcing yourself to work out, and then like, you know, you, you reach the goal weight and suddenly you maintain by stopping all those things. Like it doesn't make logical sense. Like here's the maintenance phase, you know, it's like, <laughs> how you do it, how you grow your business, how you drop the weight, how you, the, the, the journey is the destination. It's yes. not like you get there and then suddenly everything stops. Yes. It's, I, <laughs> I'm laughing because my sister and I actually were talking about the weight thing because my daughter, she put on so much weight and I was like, oh my God, girl, you know? And so I was talking to my sister because my sister has always been plump, but she's actually losing weight now. And she's, um, she told me the other day, she said, I've dropped down to like 185, which is where I started, but she never was. I mean, not like in years, you know, probably decades, she'd oh, been a amazing. big girl. And so she said, yeah, she said, I, I've been going to the gym, you know, working out and just, you know, trying to pay attention to what I eat. And I said, yeah, I said, pay attention to it, pay attention to how it makes you feel, yes. you know, pay attention to what happens when you eat it. I said, all of those things, I said, but don't deprive yourself. I said, because you know what I do? I said, I eat whatever I want. I said, I just don't eat a lot of it. <laughs> exactly. And that's the key. The thing is, so much of, of, of lasting weight loss isn't what you eat. It's right. how much. Because what happens mm -hmm. is you tell yourself, I'm never going to eat chocolate again. You right. make a, yeah, it's a lie. And then it's as soon lie. as you have one bit, you're like, blown it now. Start again Monday, universal day to change your life. And even at the time of year that we're recording this, it's kind of like January 1. So you give yourself, you let yourself off the hook for all of December. Yep. And it's like, you know, that's why my program is called Why Wait? Nothing to do with actual weight. But what are you waiting for? The time right. is now. 
make mm-hmm. the smallest step. And as you said, if you feel like the thing, have it rather than eating your way around the entire kitchen and then having it anyway. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's what I was telling her. I said, you know, you can't deprive yourself. I said, now me, I said, I don't eat as much rice and potatoes and shit because I know that that goes to my stomach and I understand that. <laughs> and then I don't, I'm okay with it. I don't like that stuff like that. I said, but when I want it, like I wanted some potato salad. We were having Thanksgiving the other day. I wanted some potato salad. So I went and I bought four potatoes and I made us some potato salad. So it wasn't too much. Oh my God, girl. And I I put the celery in it and the onions and, you know, relish and season. It was so good. I usually throw some shrimp in it, but I didn't feel like doing that today, that time. I've never put prawns in potato salad oh girl it's so good delicious mm-hmm. it's divine christmas dish coming up i'm telling you it's so <laughs> good so i was like you know but i i did that and i said you know i, I wanted some salad you know but and so i told her i said you got to do it that way i said because if you don't i said you'll binge on what it is that you know you're trying not to eat and all that stuff i said because you'll you'll have a taste for it i said and you know yeah. how it is you got stores everywhere you just go get it it's like holding <laughs> a beach ball underwater you can do it until your arms get tired and then you let go and it's it's done <laughs> and so yeah so that's the thing and I'm, I'm 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 just grateful um that we've come there you know and now yes. so we're talking talking about my daughter we're like okay so how can we help her and I said well you know how she is you can't just jump on her because she'll shut down yeah you know? and she's kind of um <laughs> I would say undiagnosed autistic undiagnosed autistic yeah she's kind of there but she's one of those that's like super super smart but she's common sense is lacking that sort of thing but when you approach anybody about their weight too it's such a sensitive topic and it's something I've spoken about before because we can be concerned about somebody's weight as in their physical weight right if we don't approach that or handle that well what about the mental and emotional weight of, exactly. of someone saying and then that's how often we can get into these yo-yo dieting patterns yes and forcing ourselves and what does that do to us mentally and emotionally so exactly because it know, makes us feel like we're not enough yes the first thing and then after that you know there are other things but that's the main thing to me is like am I not enough you know even though you know I might weigh 300 pounds but am I enough you know that kind of yes. thing yes and I- <laughs> self-worth hits that we take through the weight is phenomenal I'm telling you I've been watching the 600 600- you know the little clips and I'm like man you know because 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 oh my god it's so easy to judge because you look at me like how in the hell did you get to be 800 pounds but you know what you get to be 800 pounds just like you get to be 200 yes exactly like I said I'm I'm five feet tall so (laughs) they want me to be something like 113 pounds on the scale but uh I haven't been 113 pounds in many decades I haven't been the weight I'm supposed to be on the scale since I came up from a child and went past it, like, you know, based on the BMI. And the BMI irritates me too because it was measured when people were living on war rations. Yes, yes. You know, so, yeah. It's it's almost like when you buy stuff and you know it's made in China. You already know. I mean, I know I'm going to be at least an XL, maybe a 2X. (laughs) You know, I'm not Chinese and this big. so you have to look at the clothes like that you're like okay and I noticed even like the bras have you noticed that they've gotten smaller yes like I it's just like 
a triple D and I used to be a double D for I years. never have any luck with online shopping for clothing. It's like I just have to go in. And the other day I bought a, my son wanted a suit. He was obsessed with it. Anyway, I ordered it online and I was like, I'll just go the next size just to be sure. And then it, went, mm-hmm. <laughs> it might fit him in like five years. Oh, wow. <laughs> <It's massive. laughs> so I was like, oh, I really overestimated that. <laughs> well, you, you know, you could always take it to the tailor. Yeah, no, that's okay. I figured I'd just keep it and get him another one at some stage because by then he's interested in something else. You know what kids are like, five minutes I later. Do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today they want to be Superman and tomorrow, you know, they want to be Batman, you know? <laughs> yes. So my daughter's wanted to be a midwife for as long as I can remember. So. Um, but that, that's awesome. That might stick. That might, it might stick. And my son, what does he want to be? Oh, a fashion designer. Oh, that's really good. So he's Especially got his first sewing machine and he's uh, practicing on you know, little cushions and stuff. So, yeah. That's really good. And, and that's, yeah, that's really good because the thing is, is you can encourage them in that way and, you know, allow them to be who they are. And I love that. I can see the stores one day, you know, the expensive stores that have like the gate and the person standing in security and allow them in with the one thing name. So, you know, Casimir, <laughs> it's going to be. Oh, a thing. wow. You And you gave him a name like that, that actually, you know, would. Yeah, it must sounds have been, creative. Um, <laughs> it sounds like some forethought there. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like here I am. <laughs> He's very much like that. It's definitely born to be in the theater or something. That's awesome. That's awesome. And the thing is, is you recognize that and then you encourage it. Yes. Because I tell you, that was one thing that we did. My son loved, he wanted to be an he wanted to act. And so when he was in about the fifth grade, I think he did his first play and <laughs> I'm laughing because he played Superman. And <laughs> he was a tiny little thing. <laughs> so they had to stuff him with pillows and stuff because <laughs> he played Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Whoops. And it was so funny, but he did such a good job. And so after that, he was kind of bit. So after that, we started just, you know, we started finding different, different um, plays around town and stuff. And, and actually, girl, he actually was on a billboard. Oh, wow. He, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I, w- I wish so I had cool. pictures still, but you know, those things go away after a while. But um, it was to me, it was so neat. I wish we were in this time because I would have had it on, you know, the camera or something, but it was. So yes. Cool. Facebook oh. memories is, is people often ask why I share certain things. I was like, so when the memory comes up, I'm reminded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I exactly. love that I have that with my kids. Exactly. But yeah, he, he did good. And he, he did a, what was he in that one? It was Midsummer Night's Dream and he played Puck. Puck. Yeah. Awesome. And girl, I'm going to tell you those people, it was something, I saw something so much when he did that. Cause it was, it got down to between him and this little girl and they did both of them did good and they did good but she the lady that was running the thing she chose him and so I had never seen so many people grown people act a fool I mean they that them people wouldn't speak to me and I was like oh my god something is wrong with you what and what are you teaching your kids exactly it's a play it's okay and she and she still got she still got in the she still got a role. She's thinking yes. that. I think you that's know, the thing we often overlook. What are we modeling to our children? So Casimir is very much extra and I love it and I encourage it. Yes. And the other day he's out wearing his cape that looks like a mermaid <laughs> shell. It's like very bright and whatever. And some teenage boy said something to him, I can't remember. And he just looked them up and down like this. And he's like, Well, I think I look fabulous. And I was like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I am here for this. So, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. 
I love it because you you want them to be that, you know. And I, I tell people all the time because they're like, oh, you know, your kids, my kids are woo. That's because their mama's a woo. <laughs> you know? I said their mama came out the closet and they did too. Yeah, <laughs> With no my mama. kids are extra because their mother's extra. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> and it's okay. It's good, and and you encourage that, for, you know, for them because you know, like I look at the way society can view. And yeah, then I that we all at, carbon copies do the same and we start school at nine and we finish at three and we do our homework and we're all seen and then not we go to university or college or whatever and we all do the same thing and then we do the same thing for 50 fucking years you know and pray that we can retire yes <laughs> especially here <laughs> I don't know how it is there but here you pray because uh I just talked to my little friend yesterday she's a little uh young lady 70 years old working in the metaphysical shop oh that's amazing yeah because she can't uh she said she said i want to retire she said but uh the social security is not enough <laughs> no it isn't it doesn't even cover rent usually that's what she said let alone she was... food and power it's like I, I can't afford the actual location let alone eat and that's what she said she was like she was like i got like ten dollars left for my rent i was like oh my god my heart I'm like, Jesus but she was such a sweetheart <laughs> and just just young in spirit you know it's funny and I, I laugh because I love to talk to older people anyway because they have so much wisdom yes you know and 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 I don't know for some reason I think probably because I I was raised a lot by my grandmother you know and so I had like this huge respect for old people and then it just happens now that I work with work with them <laughs> so much wisdom but, you know, they do. It's like they have so much and they, they don't have a problem sharing it. Yes. You know, they'll give it to you without charging you 10K. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Right. Oh, well, all right. This has been great. Um, share some last words with the people, you know, whatever you want to, as far as, you know, if you have a program that you're filling or whatever, just share some last words and, and give some advice to people that are so if you're interested if this has piqued your interest check out my website suzannekolberg.com i have a program called why wait it enrolls four times a year and it's like people are like it's random times and i was like i'm the nope coach and i model boundaries i run it on the school terms so that i have the school holidays off to be with my children um and in terms of wisdom everything that you've done you've done for a reason so mm-hmm. when you start finding yourself beating yourself up and, and guilting and shaming yourself, like when you know differently, you do differently. So mm-hmm. there was a version of you who at the time, that was the best decision that you had. And I think when we start to release the layers of guilt and shame and go, yes. okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Or like, if you you are going to make a big change, I'm never one to be like, let's go all in. It's kind of like, let's protect the asset or the profit or whatever you're doing while you shift. Like I rebranded my business entirely this year, protecting this while I shifted to that because so many of us are like, quit my job, become an entrepreneur. And then six months later go, holy crap, I've got no money. What am I going to do? It's like, (laughs) be the masterpiece and the work in progress simultaneously. So keep the, you know, this rolling while you build this and then you can release this. Like, so don't get to the point where you're burnt out, exhausted, um, because nobody's going to hire a life coach who doesn't like their life that much. <laughs> so, yeah. That is so cool. And that's right. You know, I think about that too. It's like, man, you know, because I'm I'm there. I'm at that place. 
I'm, I'm, yeah, when I'm the right clients aren't coming in up. and we're like, all I need is this and all I need is that, I step back and I'm like, would I hire me right now? And it's like, no. <laughs> so live the life that you you know, are wanting to create as much as you can financially. I'm not saying go get credit cards and whatever. Like, So those people who are trying to sell you 10K things, just put it on your credit card, manifest. No. <laughs> but also, there you go. Like, if you're no. not living the thing, then you're not going to attract like the the frequency or the vibration of the people who want to work with you if you're always in the scarcity mindset that's what's going to come into you but knowing that your needs are always taken care of um, and you have enough will bring in people who are like yeah I have enough and I desire more yes that's awesome I love that because you know so many people are here especially in this pandemonium has really made people rethink their life you know and rethink you know what they want and what they desire and all this kind of stuff um I find that a lot talking to people. It's like, you know, I don't know what I want to do, but I know I don't want to do this. Exactly. (laughs) Because often we don't know. So it's kind of like starting with what you know you don't want to do gives Mm -hmm. you taking steps towards what you do. So instead of going, (laughs) I need to make a decision, like it's like when you're at, you know, you've left year 12 or whatever you guys call it, high school, and you're going to go to uni and do this degree that decides your whole life. I think, you know, forcing young people to do that is the root of a lot of these issues. Then we have our, you know, early or midlife crises. It's like, I know I don't want to do that, but I'll keep this going while I build this rather than doing some giant leap. And you know what? That's true. And that's real because it, it's crazy when you think about it, but so many, so many people are coaching that. So many people are teaching that. It's like, leap what the world the is wrong with here. you? You know, and it's like, yeah, no, leap and you might or, end up or, crashing or, at the bottom or, of a cliff. <laughs> or, or, or this part, um, you're just not manifesting. <laughs> you're just not just, manifesting. You're just not, you're just not enough belief. Yeah, just, you don't you know, believe you, know, you need to get on the vibration. As soon as I yeah. hear that, I'm like, yeah. yeah, no, I've got bills to pay. Like, yes, I'm very woo, but I'm also practical. <laughs> Me too, because I'm like, I still have bills to pay. And I've been at times in my life where I was damn near homeless, you know, and I'm like, I never, ever, ever want to have that experience ever again. I don't give a shit. I'm not doing it. (laughs) So, you know, it's like when I hear people say that, I'd be like, girl, you in a danger zone. (laughs) Yeah. I said, because you be homeless. I said, somebody they be done come get your car. (laughs) Nobody got time for that. Things are starting to get repossessed. It's too late. So it's kind of like stick with what works and grow what doesn't and bridge that gap rather than these big leaps. Exactly. I agree. All right. This has been so good. I have enjoyed it so much, Suzanne. It's been amazing. I love the connection. Definitely. We're going to stay connected because we want to do some things in the future. Um, (laughs) I want to do a summit. I just, I just got to figure that out because it's just so much work. (laughs) Yes. Behind the scenes, stuff looks so good on the surface until you sit down and try and work out how to do it. And then you're like, yeah, no. (laughs) You're like, Mm, especially when they say, oh, it's so simple and all you got to do is just this and, you know, you just post one time and, you know, and you'll get $10,000. Yeah, no. Yeah, or, keeping or, it real or with even, Tammy and Suze. <laughs> I was going to say, even the real estate, like, people, are they're like, oh, well, you don't need anybody down. And I'm like, that's bullshit. You need exactly. someone. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And thank you for joining me, especially so early in the morning. I appreciate you.
So have Alrighty. a wonderful rest of your day. And for you guys that are watching, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're watching or if you're listening on whatever platforms, I'm going to include all of her links and stuff in the bio. I mean, in the description and all that stuff in the, um, what do they call it? The show notes. So sure I'll, that's one. <laughs> I'll include all of those things. Um, I am super excited. This um, show will premiere on Saturday in the awesome. state. So like 7 p.m. Pacific. I know 4 p.m. Pacific and 7 p.m. Eastern and whatever the hell it is for you guys the next day. <laughs> but I'll send you the link and everything so you'll have it and you can put it wherever you want to. I'll send you the um, the link for the, um, it's going to be on Anchor and Spotify and all those places. So I'll Sweet. send you that link and then I'll also send you the link for um, um, where it's going to be on YouTube. And it's also, like I said, I think it's it's in like a whole bunch of podcast places. So it's on iHeartRadio. It's oh, yeah. on I'll find it. Amazon Music. It's everywhere. Awesome. So I'm super Thanks, excited. I've got to run. I've got to get my kids off to school. Sorry to jump off. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Now. Bye. I know you've been blown away with the amazing value here today. Now go out and inspire the planet. And be sure to send us a message when you're ready to come talk about it on Straight Out of Savannah, Talking with Tammy.